Well, hello and welcome to the Porter Podcast. Uh, this is episode number 29. Today, we're going to be talking about amps. We're launching into kind of an amp-themed month here, and Brian and I just wanted to take our first week to kind of just have a conversation amongst the two of us about um, some different amps that we've really loved and maybe just even hopefully a little bit of kind of just talking about you know our favorite amps in different price categories and that sort of stuff. Just maybe some helpful information, I'm hoping. So, Brian, what's going on? How's it going? <laughs> Very good. I'm, I'm so boring. I just I'm like I really was like thinking I should say something else besides how's it besides how's it going, but I can't. It's, it's your just like, it's your phrase now. Like it's how I'm gonna it's gonna get a be. shirt that says how's it going on it. I'm excited for that. <laughs> I think I think I'll buy one and maybe my wife will buy one and then that'll be about it. There you go. So it, it, it's a good I, idea. I'd buy one, you know, <laughs> just for the inside joke of it all. Yeah. Exactly. Well, if uh, before we get into our conversation, if you guys have been enjoying the podcast, please go rate and uh, subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. It helps us out a ton if you can rate the show and maybe leave a review. Um, and also, just don't forget to follow, you know, Porter Guitars, Porter Pickups on Instagram, on uh, Facebook, all sorts of stuff. And go check out the podcast page at porterpickups.com because we've got some extras there usually and post up some pictures and stuff every once in a while, things we've been talking about. So let's head right into it. Amps. Brian, you're a fan of amps, right? I am a fan of amps, yeah. They're, they're That's good. pretty nice tools to I use. I guess for- <laughs> they really help the electric guitar, I've been told. Yeah, yeah. I think you, I think you need one for electric guitars, right? You need one to... To plug into, um, you need one to test to make sure that your, pick, your pickups work or your install. We've jobs never work. we've never used an amp in the pickup shop. <laughs> Surprised anything works, but yeah. no. So I thought we'd get started by just kind of I was thinking of sort of the basic ground to cover, and one of the first things that came to mind was tube amps versus solid state, which that right there is you know the hot button issue that's going to get us all of the all the clicks right right yeah. there, I guess. But uh, I I guess I'll dive into it a little bit and you can kind of help me worm my way through it. But I think that tube amps are, you know, obviously sort of the standard in the industry. Um, I mean, even solid state amps are usually trying to model what a tube amp is doing in the first place. And so I know that, you know, for me... I think nothing quite beats a really good tube amp, you know, and I think most people would agree with that statement. Now we're both a little unique because in a lot of live scenarios, neither of us actually use a tube amp, <laughs> but we both do love tube amps. Yeah, it's it's just it's interesting because um, the the digital stuff and solid state stuff has actually gotten a lot better over the years. You know, everyone yeah. that wants a certain amp tone almost wants like the older. Fender or the older Marshall or whatever it is, they're kind of searching for that specific sound just because it's so iconic and and so great. And sometimes you're in this point where with amps, you have limitations, uh, volume limitations. Uh, you know whether it's it's like at a church setting or it's in a club where you can't turn up that loud. I mean, we had a one of our demo guys in here, and he, you know, he was just like, "I want to use this amp, but I can't because." 
it's too loud. Yeah. And so I have to use a Blues Junior or I have to use something like a Tweed Deluxe or something, you know, lower wattage, lower output. And, and so there's, I think it's, you know, up front, like I think our philosophy has, has become sort of like just get what works for you. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, maybe, I don't know if I can speak for you in this area, <laughs> but, but it was like, you know, we both use a lot of different amps and yeah. playing in bands and, and doing all that stuff. And now it's like, okay, there, there may be other, other solutions for yeah. what we need to do right now. Yeah. I mean, so how many watts is the trainer that we have, the YSR1 that we kind of use? I think use? it's 40, 40, but I'm not 100% okay. sure. So we have that one, and I have a, you know, I have a uh, Fender Hot Rod Deluxe. It's another 40, 40 watt. Um, and I actually really like that amp quite a bit. Um, I've struggled with it from time to time, but I've kind of landed on a great place to use it. But I will say I only take it to one out of every 20 gigs that I go to these days. Cause you're right. I mean, 40 Watts is just way too much to use anywhere. All of your sound guys are going to hate you. And most of the places that I find myself playing have pretty decent sound systems to begin with. And so it's, you know, whether or not I'm on ears or whatever, I've got good monitors Yeah, usually. Um, so yeah, I think, for me, I've moved to modelers and stuff. Now there is something to be said. I I haven't really. I don't know if either of us have delved into like solid state amps a ton. Yeah, I have a like I have a Hughes and Kettner solid state that I've used forever. Uh-huh. And sometimes, depending on the situation, you got I don't use it alive a lot, but I know exactly how it's going to sound. And so, depending sure. on what I'm trying to do. It may sound really good just to throw a pedal in front of it or just use it as a bedroom practice amp or whatever. Yeah. So some of that stuff's kind of nice because, uh, you know, if you get a tube amp and you have reliability issues with it, you know, if you buy, like, I bought some used vintage stuff and it's just like it's falling apart and it needs a bunch of work done. And sometimes you just want to turn the amp on and play instead of tinker with it. And I think we're kind of skewed in our view of that because we work on guitar stuff all week. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, it's like we just want something that works. Totally. You know, we want yeah. we want to plug in our guitar. We just want to play for fun and and not like, oh, what's yeah. that noise in my tube <laughs> and what's that, you know? Yeah. Well, and like the home practice scenario is definitely a really good example where it's just like I mean, you can kind of try to find the Vox AC4 or whatever, a really tiny little thing, but at the at the end of the day, the solid state amps kind of have a leg up at low volume. I mean, I remember when I, when the only amp I had was my hot rod and we lived in, my wife and I lived in an apartment and I would sit there and have it at zero and then just find the spot where it literally like turned on. Yeah. And that was like as loud as I could possibly have it in our apartment without just bothering everyone. And even that was debatable. <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you a question about the amp stuff. I, I we yeah. talked about this in terms of pedals. I don't know if it was on a show or in, in the shop, but just how, how pedal boards kind of got bigger and bigger and then they've sort of got smaller. I've seen a lot of uh companies making, you know, small like Princeton type amps. And yeah. Those seem to be becoming more popular. Yeah. Uh, I think a combination of smaller tube amps. I mean, I think people are realizing the same exact thing, right? Where 90% of the places you go play, I think, you know, the reason why I was reading the other day, the reason why the AC30 was invented was because they had the AC15 already. Vox had been producing it for a while. 
And there were these bands like the Beatles that were starting to pick them up, but they needed the wattage to literally like project the guitar tone off the stage. And so they were playing these huge places and trying to keep up volume wise and the 15 watt amp just wasn't cutting it. Well, this day and age, I mean, microphones are amazing. Sound systems are amazing. Every sound guy in the world wants to have control over your volume anyways. <laughs> so I think that a lot of people are kind of reacting to that idea that, yeah, you know, you buy a 30, 40 watt amp and you leave it on two the whole time and you're not really using it to the best of its ability. So I've seen great stuff with that. There's also a lot of people um, that are working with, you know, power scaling and that kind of stuff, which is an awesome, I think it's a really great, you know, kind of newer innovation in the amp world to be able to, you know, say if for whatever reason you really want that 40 watts, you can still have it, but you know, 98% of the time you're going to set it at 18 or whatever. So yeah, I think that, I think it's definitely a trend and I think it's a trend that's just kind of born out of why do we need this anymore? (laughs) You know, (laughs) Um, because there are very little situations I think where you really need the, 100 watt triple rectifier. <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> Whatever it is. Do you think like I know that my personal preference is is like a clean super clean fendery amp with pedals and then you know some people just want to have like the gritty amp and you know we have weird amps in the shop yeah. where one amp does one thing really well. Do you have like a favorite for yourself like if if you're playing a tube amp yeah. do you like the clean and pedals route do you like kind of a I like edge of breakup amp? Yeah. Or? I've always been a little bit more on the edge of breakup, even leaning into, um, I kind of view it as like, I would like a boost drivey pedal to really like take me over the edge for a lead or something. But if I can accomplish just about everything else with just the amp, that's my favorite place to be. Um, and I gravitate towards a lot of the Vox stuff when I play live just because it does especially their good amps have that you can get really gritty with it, but then you just back the volume off a little bit and it cleans up and it's really chimey. So I kind of lean that direction when I'm playing with an amp. And now I use a line six helix and that's how I have my rig set up as well as I don't use a ton of drive pedals as much as I kind of try to set the virtual amp to that same exact place. Um, where I can be really dynamic with it. And that's something that's uh, this last year when I bought that was the first time that I've gone to modeling software because it's kind of the first time when I saw that the software could really do that, you know, it could really clean up. And so, yeah, that's kind of where I sit with it. Yeah, I think for me, it's like, I've I've just been stuck on the Fender Clean sound and I've always just loved like the big, glassy clean you know and sure. a lot of it is because i'm you know when we're developing pickups i'm sick, i go in there and i play and i need to know exactly what the amp sounds like and yeah I, I can't really have a lot of coloration i need a lot of clean clean headroom you know i want to know that you know if a certain pickup the goal of it is to actually push an amp then i want to know it can do that but i need i need every bit of clean if i'm trying something out yeah and even this week you know we're working on on a, a pickup set and it's like have to get in there and we you know plug in the trainer and it's like okay i know what this amp sounds like yeah. with, with everything else and so it's kind of like you know good and bad it's sort of like you know as i've gone to try other amps i'm like 
oh, this doesn't have the same clean sound. It's like I don't. Yeah. You know, it's like I don't really want anything else, but I do. There's some things I do want that the amp doesn't do. Sure. You know, it's like I love. You know, I love hearing like gritty sounding stuff every once in a while, and and you know, trying to figure out like, can my amp do this, or can I buy a pedal that I can plug in there and. And there's there's a lot of choices. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of different routes. And and for those who are listening, we'd love to hear kind of what you prefer on that too. If you want to leave some comments, we'll we'll we'd love to have kind of a follow up on this throughout our other amp shows. Yeah, because there's really no right or wrong way. I think that like we get caught in like hype waves of like oh this if I buy this amp I will sound really good. And there's a lot of great amp companies and a lot of great amp makers and uh, you know, but it's also like. There's guys that do it with a Blues Junior and a couple pedals. And so it's, mm-hmm. I think, you know, we'll probably t- touch on this later, but uh, looking at all the different options, um, you know, there's, there's just a bunch of different ways to make it happen. Yeah. And, and it's, it's cool. I think it's great yeah. because I'll hear someone play, play an amp like on the edge of breakup. I'm like, man, that sounds so cool. Yeah. But then I try, like, if I try to like sit there with my tone or my <laughs> sound, I'm like, I just, I missed the clean again, you know, or yeah. whatever. So it's like, I just, you want to... That was, I think I read a while ago that the, you know, the Fender Hot Rod Deluxe, which I think a lot of people see as kind of a lower end tube amp, you know, to be honest, with all the boutique stuff that's out there, is the most um, the most requested backline amp in the world or something like that. I can't remember. I was reading Premier Guitar or one of those magazines, you know, and they were talking about like it's one of the most requested amps out there. So it is, there's something to be said. I've heard a lot of guys, especially really professional touring guys say like, oh, you know, like, yeah, there are better amps out there, but I just play with a Deluxe or I play with like a Vox AC30, the normal ones, just because they know they can get it wherever they go, you know? So there's definitely, I think there's ways to pull good tone out of every amp that you come across. So let's talk a little bit just about the expensive side of amplifiers. Um, you know, I I think that there's a lot that I really love and there's a lot of uh, things out there that guys are doing. And I think one of the th- things that you find in the expensive amp, amp category is you start finding people who are innovating inside of amplifiers, you know. The the cheaper stuff, there's some really good quality tube amps out there that sound awesome for you know less than five hundred dollars. But there's guys out there that are boutique that are you know reinventing like the pedal steel amps that are solid state hybrid tube amps. You've got guys that are doing great things with power scaling, all sorts of stuff. So um, kind of. I guess let's just talk about some of our favorite, you know, kind of characteristics or what we do like about expensive amps. Yeah. Do you want me to go first? Sure. Okay. <laughs> so I think, you know, as as I look at expensive amps, I'm I'm thinking still practically in terms of if I'm going to go for an amp like that, uh, what am I looking to get out of something that I know is is you know several times more expensive than what maybe I'm used to paying for. For my budget amps, and so for me, it's like, can I get something you know that is good, clean, good distortion in one amp? Maybe has some reverb, kind of has almost everything that I think I would like, you know. And I'm coming from, you know, mostly like obviously, you know, thinking what would be the best in say our pickup shop in the sure. show in the showroom. Like, how can I get an amp, you know? 
I would sound like a super picky guitar player because I'm like, how can I get an amp that sounds good with every pickup style that's ever made? Yeah, Because right. that's kind of like my requirement, sure. right? Because yeah. I'm like, okay, I need it to sound good with humbuckers. I need it to sound good with singles. I need it to sound good with Jazzmaster pickups, Jaguar pickups, and and kind of P90. <laughs> and like, so I'm, I'm asking an amp to do a lot. And But I think that, you know, when you get into that category, you're right because there is people that have put a lot of thought behind that where they... They do high wattage amps that have really good clean headroom, but then the, you yeah. can flip a switch and get a really good crunchy distorted sound. And and you know that's to me again, it's just like back to that. You know, if you're going to spend the money, make sure that you are getting exactly the sounds you want. If you're in a band that's like like you said, you know, said before, like edge of breakup, like yeah. find a boutique edge of breakup amp that just nails it. Yeah. And if that's what you do, and that's your band, like it's okay that they cost a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, it may take longer to actually get one, but Absolutely. There's again, it's even like in the pedal world. There's, you know, there's a really good selection of a lot of boutique amp companies right now, and yeah, and they're doing innovative stuff. They're doing great things with, with the options on the amps, and yeah, and I, I think for me, it's like, you know, I've, I've tried several amps lately, kind of higher end amps, and I'm just like, yeah, these are really good. And sometimes, yeah. sometimes you go into it thinking like, okay, is this going to be is this really going to be like sure. $2,000 better than what I have right now that I paid $500 for? And in a lot of cases it is. You know, there's sometimes where it's like, yeah, maybe this isn't quite what I thought, but yeah. There really is like some fantastic stuff and I think as you dig and find that, you know, it's like, okay, I get it. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I think I agree with everything you said. The the thing that I would add to it is something that um I've always kind of felt and struggled with at different times through my gear purchasing career. But uh, the big thing for me is like, if you're looking at buying an amp that costs that much, make sure the rest of the gear that you're playing is going to kind of match up to that. Cause I know that, you know, um, like we've had some boutique amps in here that are just like really cool. And, and the one that sticks out to me is a while ago, we had a Dumble clone in here that just was awesome. I mean, it, it was everything I think that you would hope for in a Dumble clone and, you know, kind of the things that are fabled about them. I've never actually played a Dumble, but I would love to. And <laughs> it seems like this was a really accurate representation. But one of the things I noticed was, I could pull your American Strat off the wall and it sounded great and I loved it and it was inspirational and fun and stuff. But I pulled some of the cheaper guitars that we have here for demos off the wall and guitars that I've played on a regular basis and sound good through other amps and stuff. And it was just so... The amp was just so accurate that it just really pulled out a lot of the imperfections in the guitar itself. Or maybe it was your playing. Derek. Yeah, yeah, my playing. I don't think that could possibly be it. I mean, that must not have been it. I'm basically Stevie Ray Vaughan, but um, without the cowboy hat, right? They don't know that. <laughs> That's true. We're we're like we're in here this mysterious I... office in Boise, so. No, so I, I would just you know encourage you if you're thinking about throwing down that kind of money, like just make sure that you're willing to invest equally across your platform. So whether it be your pedal board or your guitar or whatever, you know, just make sure that everything's kind of keeping up with one another. Cause I think that, you know, you can buy a, a three or $4,000 amp or a $2,000 amp or whatever, 
But if you don't have the other gear, um, it's just, it's going to sound great, but it's not going to do the justice of that money that you're putting into it, you know? So that's kind of my, that's, I guess, my little warning about expensive amps. That being said, there are some amazing amps out there that you just will never find a cheaper version of <laughs> that are really, really cool. So, and, and I, I think too is, is like if you are, are in that market and you're starting to save or you're starting to look around, it's worth taking the time to go and drive. If you can't try it locally to go and drive or go to a show or go, go somewhere and actually try it in person. Cause there's amps where I've, I've wanted to try and then I've gone and tried them meeting, you know, people's shops and things like that. And I'm like, wow, this is really good. Yeah. And I, I knew it probably was good, but I didn't know until I actually sure. strummed a chord on it yeah. in person. I was like, wow, this is no amount of YouTube videos yeah. can conquer just playing an amp. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and and you're feeling like you're feeling what the amp does in response to your playing. And especially yeah. if you're able to have one of your favorite guitars with you too. Like you were saying, it's yeah. like this is my guitar. I'm probably not gonna get rid of this guitar. So if I can make this guitar go through here and even be more inspired to play then it's yeah. like wow this is like totally this is awesome that is definitely it because you know there's so much to do with how you interact as a player with gear you know it's like i love andy from pro guitar shops demo video so much but there's a certain amount of it to me like sometimes i watch it and i go well could i ever do that because like i don't play even remotely anything like andy plays <laughs> like he's got such a unique <laughs> style and that kind of stuff so definitely try to make sure that, you know, if you're going to, especially big purchases like that, um, you know, try to go find them. Try to go find a guitar show near you, even if it means you have to wait, you know, three months or whatever. Just, you know, do the do that kind of research. Um, I think one of the other things that I wanted to just brush on, and we kind of touched on it earlier in the show, but just be considerate of your surroundings when you're choosing an amp. Um, that's, I think one of the big things that we all miss out on is, uh, you know, you buy the amp that you love so much and you're at home and you're just blasting away and it sounds so good. And then you get into your church maybe or something like that. And, you have to turn it around behind you and you also have to keep it at like whisper level, you know, cause we can't have a ton of stage noise or whatever. And so just be mindful. I mean, you know, some churches have kind of conquered this by building stage boxes and stuff where you can throw your amp in a box and crank it up really loud. And at least it'll deaden the sound and that kind of stuff or put it in a back room. But I think like just be mindful of where maybe you're going to be spending most of your time playing, you know, because it is like, like we've said already, you know, these 40 watt amps that we own, we have a hard time controlling them in live environments and you want to get the best out of your amp. And oftentimes you can't get the best tone out of your amp when the volume's at one and a half or two. <laughs> so I, I just I kind of threw that in the notes just as sort of a helpful uh, hint or tip, hopefully, for someone. But the uh, the other thing I want to touch on, and and Brian, I don't know you and I haven't really talked about this much, but do you have any preference or experience with playing like stereo or multi amp rigs and that kind of stuff? And if so, kind of do you have an opinion on it? 
I, just a little bit. I think I, at one point I was running a, a bad cat, hot cat 30, and you had to AB mm-hmm. the actual channels in it. So I had AB foot switch. Yeah. And I've done I've done it before where I had a gritty amp and a clean fender amp. And okay. it was kind of like, you know, that was the, the excessive phase where it's like I've got to have that and I've got to have a big board. And it's like this is going to be so awesome. And Because I've never really been like a stereo, like delay type person. Uh-huh. I just kind of like I'll run like a carbon copy, simple, sure. just like light, light delay. I've never been like this. I want to hear it pinging between two amps or, or two speakers, at, yeah. you know, or whatever. And so I, I have minimal experience in that in terms of, of, you know, practical applications. I think I've used it enough to say like, if I if I couldn't find both in one, but I could find the exact distortion I wanted, the exact sure. clean, I would probably do it again. I think, but. But again, like we were saying with the expensive amps, I think you know there's more there's more options within one yeah, box now than there was before. Nice, yeah. You know, I uh, so I'm like way more effects driven than you are in my play style. There's just a lot of um, whether it be like some ambience and some reverb and stuff, or yeah, I don't I don't go like full ping pong delay, but I like <laughs> to have like a stereo image to my delay. So running stereo is actually something that I've found to be decently important um, recently for myself. And by decently important, I mean I, I still show up at a venue and I ask, hey, is this doable? And if it's not, I'm not going to throw a fit. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> at the end of the day, I think that like running stereo, especially if you're doing it specifically for the stereo effects and stuff, I think it can be as much just for you as anything else because there's a lot of venues where you're just not going to have enough clarity in the mix to really tell that you have a stereo image going and stuff. I've seen some cool guys do stuff where they'll like take a fraction of a millisecond delay and put it on the other amp and like sometimes it sounds out of phasey and they don't, but like I've seen a few guys that have set it up a certain way to where it's not out of phase and it gives this kind of like big beefy sound, which that's kind of cool. So they run like two amps, but they don't pan them left and right. They just pan them center and let it, and let it be like a beefier sound, you know? So I think it is like, you know, I I've been given the ability lately to run stereo more often than not the church that I played at has it set up to where I can do it. And then um, when I'm out gigging elsewhere, I just kind of ask. And if it is a thing, then I do it. And if it's not, it's not. I like, sometimes I like the idea of having like an AC30 on one side and a Fender style on the other and kind of setting them both to that edge of breakup because you get two different kind of, like two different kind of breakups and stuff. But I think it's a luxury more than anything. At least that's how I feel about it. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of, I guess, how I view it all the time is like I'm never going to, I don't know, throw a fit over it. But I like to do it when I can. It always makes me giggle, you know, like it makes me happy, especially if I'm playing in a place with in-ears and I can like pan my guitar left and right and really get like the full stereo image. It can be fun and very consuming and, you know, I'm sure... I'm sure the edge has got like some crazy <laughs> stereo rig that makes it sound awesome. Yeah, I think I with that stuff, it's like it all sounds really fun, and I'm sure I could like come up with this great sound. But then I'm like, I hate tinkering with my gear too. So I'm yeah. just like, 
I could probably do it, but then I'd be like, I don't know what all these buttons do, <laughs> and what if I want to switch back and forth and I hit totally. the wrong button, and then I would panic and like run off the stage. So right. I think yeah, I like I more simplistic. That's my. It's like my downfall as a guitar player is I just love to tinker with yeah. things. There are so, so you're, many times you're the guy that's still like setting your delay while the whole rest of the band is yeah. ready, and you're like, oh, no, totally. it's not right yet. <laughs> I'm I'm good about at least just like doing it on my own. I don't have to hold up the band usually, but I will in the middle of a song I'll be playing. I'll be like, oh man, the spread on my delay is just like not quite right. I'm gonna t- <laughs> tweak that a little bit. But like, it's totally how I operate. And I I've set up my rig really specifically so that I can do all of that stuff and not. Um, you know, like, especially with the digital rig, it's nice because I can just click the save button and it's like, okay, it's done. Like, I don't have to remember the next time I come back to that to tweak it again or whatever. So I've kind of set up my rig to allow me to tweak a little more. But, yeah. It's awesome. Well, um, I think that's kind of all I really had in the notes realm. I, I'm excited that we got to do this. We would love to hear, you know, hopefully the next few episodes and stuff are going to be um, talking with some boutique builders, that kind of stuff. And we would love to hear questions that you have for amp builders or that kind of stuff. Um, And we'll be putting, you know, we'll try to keep up to date with who we're going to be talking to if you have questions for a specific amp builder. But just in general, if you're, you know, maybe new to the market or whatever, and you're kind of, you have some questions like why go boutique over, you know, everything else. Like I'm sure that we can find some compelling answers from these guys. Um, so, you know, feel free to hit us up on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Um, and let's talk about this a little more, but we're excited to kind of launch into this month of amp builders, which I guess will also be interrupted by Nam. I'm not sure how that's going to yeah, we'll work. We'll see how it goes. So we have the Nam show coming up in, in uh, July, so I I guess we'll have to just kind of be flexible, and we maybe do like a. <laughs> I mean, we're going to have to have a Nam update. Yeah, that's just going to have to be true. a thing. We may just do like a live at the Nam show Ooh. podcast or something. Take this thing on the road, and all you'll hear is just the hiss of cymbals, bunch of blues li- blues licks <laughs> blues licks in the black in the background, and, and like like the very chunky. Show so what you were saying? Yeah. So that way they they can't see they can't hear when I say how's it going yeah because there we they'll go. be like just this shredding guitar in the background but it could be It'll cool be me or we could just do the show like we could have like mobile mics and just there walk around the Nam show and do the whole show as we're walking and It'd see sweet. see what kind of reactions just live stream the whole thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that doesn't go against the rules at all <laughs> probably yeah. I'm I'm sure there's a rule about no podcasting right. and walking around or something I mean they have a lot of rules for that show so it could be. But, but hey, we'll, if you we'll, don't get caught. Yeah, we'll keep leaking some more information about our NAM show events. Um, look for some of those announcements on newsletters yeah. and social media, things like that. We got, again, we kind of teased on it last week, but we've got some cool things coming up. Yeah. And uh, appreciate you guys listening so much to the shows. And we'll be hitting show 30 here, which is pretty cool. So excited for that. Again, check us out on social media. And we appreciate uh all the people who have taken time, we've gotten some emails and hey, thanks for doing the podcast and and so that's that's always good. That's encouraging yeah. for us and we we love doing this and um, you know we featured people that aren't related to our business or help our business in any way. We're just we're a lot a lot of us like just love talking gear yep. and the people that we we know in the industry make gear making gear have interesting stories to tell and they 
they're on the same kind of journey that we are as a business. And so we look forward to more of those conversations and, and uh, it was fun talking to amps today. I think totally makes me want to go play, play guitar. now. Right. Makes me want to go tweak my amps a ton. (laughs) I'm sure you do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We'll see you guys later.